Hey everybody, it's Cross Podcast with Dave. And Abby. Uh, we're back again, and this time it's Abby's turn to take over a topic. So Abby, what do you have for us today? So today, um, I will be talking about Roslyn Chapel um, and its intriguing history. If anybody has read or seen the film for The Da Vinci Code, you will know exactly where I'm talking about. It is a gorgeous little chapel, not too far out of Edinburgh, um, in Scotland. And I was actually there, uh, well, now it's yesterday, but when this airs, it'll be a few weeks ago. And I absolutely love it. That's my second time visiting, and I'll probably be back again. Okay. I have some Da Vinci Code, but I don't remember anything about it, so... So, at the end, when they think they've figured everything out and they know where the Holy Grail is... Okay, first of all, spoilers, sorry, spoilers, if you've not read the Da Vinci Code, you're way behind or seen the film. Um, I, like, I actually really enjoy Dan Brown's books, and the films are okay as well. Um, So... Sure. I'll proceed now. So at the end of the film, when they think they've figured out where the Holy Grail is, they go to Rosalind Chapel, um, and they find this secret room type of thing, um, and find out that the Grail was housed there at one point in time, but the whole thing is that the Grail is not what we think of it as, like, the... Chalice. Chalice, the cup. Um, it's not that at all. It's the bloodline. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Fascinating. Um, but Rosalind features prominently in that as the one of the final resting places. And throughout its history, it has had many possible ties with the Knights Templar and the Holy Grail. And there are lots of interesting marks uh, carved into the chapel um, that could have multiple meanings. So the chapel was founded in 1446 by Sir William St. Clair. And for the most part, it stayed in the family, which is really impressive. So it's a, it's a, fa- uh, so it's a family chapel. It was built as a family chapel then, like a family worshiping spot. It was built spot. as a family chapel. It's not a cathedral. It's not a church. It's a chapel a place for your family's private worship and for them to be buried when they die. And then, um, how big would you say it is, roughly? It's not very big. It's quite small, actually, but it's a gorgeous little building. I have no... Uh, pulp picture. Yeah, I, I, I don't do dimensions well. I don't do numbers at all. Um, so, I couldn't tell you how many feet by how many feet. Oh, wow. Um, it was never completed, so it's actually smaller than it was supposed to be. It's beautiful, though. It's absolutely gorgeous, yeah. Um, in 1450, it was dedicated as the Collegiate Chapel of St. Matthew, and it was a place where you would pray for your soul and spread intellectual and spiritual knowledge. So it wasn't just a church. Um, and the architecture and carvings are extraordinary for that time and any time really it's absolutely stunning you walk in and you just you can look in any direction and see 
gorgeous carvings in the pillars, on the ceiling, on the walls. It's all over. And there, another little interesting fact is there are lots of green men carved in Roslyn. I think there are over a hundred of these green men, which are pagan-esque symbols. Of, like uh, usually, it's a man's face with leaves. Interesting that, that they would put a, a pagan uh, symbol into a church or chapel. Yeah, see, is I said pagan-esque because it's not just a pagan symbol. Okay. Um, it's it's a lot more than that, but and it has to do with like nature and uh. humankind's connection. Um, but there's so much mythology in the Green Men as well. That's a whole nother episode. Um, Green Man, a sculpture representation of face surrounded by. Yeah. Huh. And there are very different versions of it as well. They're really cool looking though. Yeah, it's it's very it's fascinating. The whole place is fascinating. Can you go all within the chapel, or is it your parts that are close close off to the public? You can go into um, all of the chapel, not so much the like crypt but oh yeah well. that's okay you can go underneath there's a there's a vault like there's a room underneath and you can kind of go down into it but you can't go into the crypt where the family's actually buried um so in 1484 william st Clair died and was buried in the chapel um and things were okay the family continued using it until 1571 when the reformation hit um, and the endowments were seized, and the family was forced to destroy the altars uh, because of, you know, Henry VIII, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So it would have been it would have been a Catholic chapel when it was built. They would have been. Do you know if they were Catholic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most people were. That's that's true. Until Henry VIII started his own religion. Oh yeah. Um. And at that time, it was Oliver St. Clair who was the head of the family there. Uh, And then in 1630, there was another William, um, and he was uh, granted charters from the Masons of Scotland, and so the St. Clairs became Grand Grand Masters of the Masons, sorry. Okay. And this ties in more with, like, the Freemasonry and, like, the Templars and all of that kind of mythology. Right. So in 1650, Oliver Cromwell's troops sacked Roslyn Castle. Of course he which would. Which is nearby. And I didn't know that there was a Roslyn Castle until I was hiking around in the woods yesterday and discovered it. Is it pretty run down now? It's ruins, but behind it, it's like a private home. So it's kind of, you're not, you can't really explore too, too much. How far is the... Um, how far is the castle from the from the uh, the chapel? Not far at all. Uh, you basically just follow a path past the graveyard, um, and keep going for a little bit, and then boom, they're right there. Were they built contemporary of each other? I have no idea. I don't know the history of the castle at oh, all because okay. I did not know it existed until yesterday. Fair enough. Um. Probably, I don't think it. I I don't know. I'm not sure if it was the same family. Because the cha- the castle is not really mentioned in the history of the chapel, except at this point, and it's only mentioned here because they used the ch- 
chapel as a stable for their horses. Of course they did. I freaking I don't yeah. I don't not like I not like what's his face. I am a, a oh, Cromwell Oliver Cromwell. I know those those darn Cromwells. Let's see, Roslyn Castle, only a few hundred meters from the famous Roslyn Chapel. It's been a castle on site since early 14th century when the St. Clair family, earls of Caithness and barons of Roslyn, fortified the site. Oh, so yeah, same family. Hmm. Pretty cool, though. Yeah, it's very cool. So, the Sir William that was there when Oliver Cromwell was sacking the castle. He died at the Battle of Dunbar, and he's believed to be the last knight buried in full armor in the vault below the chapel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That used to be like a family tradition, um, but he was probably the last. And then in 1736, uh, James Sinclair, or St. Clair, glazes the windows of the chapel, and this is really the first effort at preserving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it becomes more of a romantic historical site. Um, and later in the 1700s, an artist, Alexander Naismith, and a poet, Robert Burns, who are both very, very famous mm-hmm. around these parts, especially, uh, visit the chapel and Roslyn area and write about it and depict it, which is really cool. Uh, in 1842, Queen Victoria visits, and she's quite fond of it. Um, and in 1862, the chapel is actually rededicated as Episcopal. Oh, right. And the 1950s is really when restoration starts to pick up on it, and they start to realize that if they don't do something, it's going to fall into even more ruin. Um, and... They actually do a lot of good in that time. So thankfully, in 1995, the Roslyn Chapel Trust is formed. And since then, they've been doing nothing but wonderful upkeep on it. Uh, 2003, the Da Vinci Code was published. And 2006, the film came out. And tourism to the chapel exploded. Oh, boy. Yeah, which is really, really good, actually, because the more visitors they get, more income. the more money they can put towards continuing to upkeep and restore and look after the chapel. Okay. Um, and in 2007, it was awarded £4.9 million from the Heritage Lottery Fund and Historic Scotland. And in 2012, it achieved the Royal Seal of Approval. So it's doing well. Very cool. Um, Yeah. So my favorite fact about this chapel, aside from the Holy Grail and the Knights Templar and all that, is that it has a cat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's so sweet. He's a little black and white cat. Uh Uh-oh. Little difficulties here for a second, guys. Hopefully, she'll come back. There she is. Wait. I'm sorry. Are you back now? Uh, did I go away? I did. You're talking about this little sweet black cat, and he disappeared for a hot second. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, yeah, he's a black and white cat um, called William, and he's been 
uh, coming to the chapel to just hang out and greet people and that since, since he was getting and he's 15 years old. Oh, wow, that's so sweet. He's got his own storybook. <laughs> How cute. Um, yeah. According to this, the family still owns the chapel. Yeah. The seventh is current owners Peter St. Clair Erskine, seventh Earl of Rosalind. Yeah, like I said, it's been in the family. Wow. Which is really impressive. How cool. Huh. Huh. <laughs> I guess the parent here was actually recently found as a Catholic collegiate church. Yeah, as I said, the collegiate chapel of St. Matthew. Huh. That map. I want to see where this is. On I, not 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 that I know Scotland geography much, but okay. <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. That is very cool, especially the cat part. I love the fact yeah. that the, the cat comes and visits. <laughs> and he's so sweet and so nice. Like he will just he has this space on one of the pews, and he just curls up there and like sleeps. Or just, like, sits there and greets people as they come in. Do they leave him food or anything and water, or...? Yeah, yeah, he's got a little food and water bowl. He just hangs out. Huh. Cats are pretty remarkable. Yes, they are. Huh. Very cool, very cool. This is a place I need, I need, I need to go to sometimes. It's pretty awesome. Architecture looks pretty awesome. And that story is pretty great. Those stained glass, yeah, those stained glass windows are gorgeous. Yep, they're Victorian. Okay. For the most part, yeah. They it's the Victorians did a lot of upkeep to it as well. Cool. Yeah, it's a very it's a very gothic style chap building on it's like the you know, the guts are mostly gothic but the Yeah. The... And there are so many other little stories and like insider things about it, you definitely need to visit it to find out or do more research. Because there's way too much to put into like one little episode. Like when you were there yesterday, when you were there yesterday, was it was there a lot of people? Uh, are people around too? Yeah. So the last time I went was in May, and there were so many more people here this time. But it's the height of tourist season here in Scotland, so. Okay. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet it's gorgeous, covered in snow. I bet it is as well. I I plan to visit it more often um, and hike around the area more as well so i will send pictures is there any like do they have like staff that are there all times like the yeah so they have um people who do like talks in it about the history of the place and about some of the stories mm-hmm. cool yeah, so you get, to, you, get, you get to see a castle and a chapel all in one fell swoop i know it's pretty good there was an old mill too, like a, a mill in ruins. Um, as I was hiking around the area that I came across, <laughs> it's always a good, always good for a good mill or two someplace along the line. Oh yeah, it felt very much like being home. <laughs> wow, that is that's pretty awesome. And so you know, that was how far how far from Edinburgh was it again? It's just on the outskirts. It's not very far at all. Huh. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, well, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, that's that's all. Now that I've talked about William the Cat. William the Cat. What's his book called? I'm going to read it. Do you know? Uh, 
William and something about a rescue. I think it's William and the Great Rosalind Rescue, something like that. William the Great Rosalind Chapel Cat. William the Chapel. Oh, William the Chapel Cat Archives. What? <laughs> no, I don't think that. I think that might be something different. Uh, William Cat Rosalind book. Let's see if we can. William the Chapel Cat puts Rosalind back on the map. Edinburgh News. Edinburgh News, nope, 2015. It's, it's, it's a picture book. There it is. William the, William the Cat and the Rescue of Rosalind Chapel. There we go. Just like I said, close enough. <laughs> huh. That is so cute. Yeah, it's an adorable little story. He's an adorable cat. So did you see... Yeah, that's all I have for today. Did you see him yesterday then? I did. I said hello. <laughs> Gave him a good little scratch behind the ears. Makes you think of Hocus Pocus and Binks. It makes me wonder if, you know, when the cat's actually a person. Maybe. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. All right. Well, this is a fascinating topic. I remember I did not know about it. And uh, so I'm glad you brought it to the table. Abby, thank you very much. Um, so, guys, if you've been to Rosalind Chapel, um, let us know. Send us your pictures. If you've met William the Cat, you know, if you have a story about William the Cat, you can that too. Um, again, you can email us at itsacrossthepalmcast at gmo.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us on all your podcast listening apps, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. So give us a listen, give us a rating, give us a review. And talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. So, um, for Dave. And Abby. Have a great day, guys. Cheerio.